Welcome to Book Wars Pod. This is episode 84, where we're going to be talking about Empire's End um, from the interlude on the Imperialis through the end of the book, um, where all the crazy shit happens. Oh um, I am Kristen. I am here with Kate and Chris. Um, me and Kate are both dying from allergies, Yay. Uh, but we are here. Yay. <laughs> Trees. You know want to rip my eyes out it's totally fine though (laughs) trees we love trees trees from afar from inside dad are you there oh i'm here hi okay are you in the squeaky chair no literally not that was kate kicking the table i didn't kick anything well that was kate shaking the table i don't know what's you're the one shaking your leg right now i i am touching nothing Mm. associated with this table Mm. at the moment it's fine i just heard a squeak it's fine we'll see i mean there was a squeak (laughs) it <laughs> doesn't matter um are you guys drinking it's the middle of the afternoon actually it's six o'clock for you guys so i was gonna say it's, it's actually it's, normal it's but normal drinking time it's middle of the afternoon for me what sure are you guys drinking so also over normal there? drinking time i'm drinking uh bourbon today uh, i'm drinking old forester 1920 uh prohibition style bourbon which interestingly is like tastes more like a rye than the rye that i have what the fuck? Because it's very, it's like very like spicy and like kind of smoky, like almost medicinal quality bourbon, which I really like. Um, and I don't like the rye I've had, as we've talked about on the pod before. Hmm. What proof it's too is sweet. it? Huh? What proof? What proof is it? Yeah. Oh, I've, I don't know. Let me Sorry. Look. No, it's okay, Kate. Say what you're drinking. I'll find it. Sure. Uh, so first I have some Earl Grey because I... Did not take a nap today, unlike Kristen, who's a lucky motherfucker. Uh, but my alcoholic beverage, I heard it was National Beer Day today or some shit. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know if on. it's today or yesterday. It's probably today. It's like this weekend, whatever. Well, I'm having beer. This I should is, know, but... I mean, that's fine, too. It's, it's cool. Uh, this is from Star Hill Brewing, which is local to us for now, over in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. Yeesh. Charlottesville is really pretty, and people should know Charlottesville more than just the bad things that happen there. Those poor people. Uh, anyway, I'm drinking, um, this beer is called Roxanne. It's, uh, raspberry sour. And it's only 4.7, but I'm sure I'll be drunk halfway through it anyway. Hey, <laughs> lo- love a good raspberry sour. I'm excited. Um, I will, did, did my episode come out for Encyclopedia? I have no fucking clue. I don't know because I've been on Twitter and I'm a bad mom. <laughs> no, let me let me check before I plug myself. <laughs> Kristen, uh, while fine. Kristen checks, this is a 115 proof bourbon, and according to the uh, Old Forester website, so I mean, you'll get half of these notes if you're lucky because this is just what companies do. The nose is an intense medley of cherry preserves, drippy caramel. Uh, dark chocolate, thickened maple syrup, and seasoned oak spiciness. I'm getting, I'm getting some of that, particularly the caramel. Um, the taste is dark caramel coats, layers of malt nuttiness, and sweet graham cracker, all warmed by green peppercorn and coriander spice, brightened with a hint of cedar. So yeah, see, spicy, like I said. 
Nailed it. Fascinating. Thank you. I, I figured it was like something high proof. <laughs> it, Makes sense. Yeah, it's incredibly it's like, high proof. Like I just like stuck my nose it, in the glass to like see if I can like get the smell notes and it like start crying. <laughs> it's like it's like, yep, not gonna be able to smell anything for the next hour. That's fine. Well, is it like um is it cask strength? Is that um, like it another... is it is not technically cask strength. This okay. one is so basically old forester, they like their shtick is they'll like do various styles of bourbon from like different periods in time. And so this is their 1920 prohibition style. And so the default is 115 proof, which is uh, essentially like bathtub gin. Not, it's not what we would consider barrel strength today, but it's close because it is how it was, you know, distilled back then, back when it was illegal. Bathtub yeah, gin. Yeah, fucking Christ. Uh, it's good though. I was like, yeah, I bet it's like close to barrel strength, but not quite. Yeah, it's I, it's it's close uh, to barrel strength. Me and at real baby bird Miranda went down like a whiskey K hole this weekend. So that's a great hole to go down. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, so yeah, I know whiskey words right now. They're in the top of my mind. Um, no, my encyclopedia with uh, Dane at Danny Pertle nineteen uh, is not out yet, but. Um, he did try as a little preview teaser. Um, oh, there's a bike. Um, as yeah, a somebody preview- with a small penis just drove by outside. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, as a little preview teaser, he does not like IPAs, and I went on to talk about IPAs on Encyclopedia, and um, I had him go search out a sour because um, he had never had any sours, and I was mm. like, there, it's actually not a terrible place to start to at least get your palate used to stuff that your palate isn't used to. Um, mm-hmm. And the true. first one he had was a raspberry sour, and he really liked it. So that's a little preview. We don't actually talk about that on the pod, but we do talk <laughs> about how he hates IPAs. So that's Love coming it. at some point. Um, I'm scared to listen to it, but I'm sure it will be received nicely by all of you nice people because for some reason our fans are so kind. And you literally um, host two podcasts, Kristen. Yeah, you do. I know. It's fine. Uh, Yeah, but like I talked more on that than I've ever talked on anything, (laughs) and it was scary. (laughs) But anyway, okay, I'm gonna pop what I'm drinking, and then at real baby bird's gonna come over and try some. Okay, (laughs) because she was like, "When you open that, can I try some?" (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So I said, "Sure." Um, Sours are drinkable though. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna. Sorry, I was just gonna say that. Like, I was thirsty yesterday, and so like I was like. I don't even know what I was doing. Was I cooking? You were cooking it. And I was cooking. That's right. And, and so then I finished cooking. Slamming. Then this I sat beer. down, like grabbed a beer, grabbed one of these beers out the fridge, sat down. Like thirty seconds later, it was like half gone. I'm like, oh, maybe I should not do that. <laughs> maybe you should have some water with that, Chris. Nah. <laughs> Meh. Um, Space Dress actually bought this when she was here, and it's been it's barrel aged, so it can kind of sit around. Um, mm-hmm. But I haven't been in the mood for it. But I looked in the fridge, and this is somehow the lowest alcohol thing we have in there besides Rainier. So that's what I'm going to have. Um, <laughs> uh, but this is from Freem Brewery. They do a lot of barrel-aged stuff. Um, I've given you guys the rundown on them before, um, but they're in Hood River. Uh, and But this is uh, an Oad Creek, um, so it's like a barrel-aged boy. Uh, adding fresh mon- Moser cherries to our barrel-aged Lambic inspired... Oh, I can't read today. Let me start at the beginning of that again. Great for uh, a book pod. Oak Creek. <laughs> 
<laughs> Oat Creek Barrel Aged Ale. Adding fresh Mosher cherries to our barrel aged lambic inspired ale is thrilling, but ten months later ten months later flavors of cherry pie and the dry tangy finish are even more satisfying. Mm. So it should be good. It's basically like a barrel aged cherry ale from last year, from twenty eighteen. So, so good. I don't know how satisfying this pop is gonna be, but it does have a cork, so Oh, yeah. Satisfying. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. I'm going to pour some. Miranda's here. Miranda, come say hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Miranda, get over here. You, you host this podcast also. Don't hide in the corner. Just like very distantly. Hello. <laughs> I know. She She's just, she's reading Empire's End right now. So we'll respect her at this All right. difficult All right. time. <laughs> I mean, a lot of things happened as we we were about to discuss, so, you know. Yeah, she's, like, literally reading the part that we're going to hot about today, so she's, like, fucking Gosh. freaking the fuck out. She reads so fucking fast. Oh, my God. I know. I was like, Miranda, you're going to finish the book before I do. <laughs> <laughs> Which wasn't true. I did finish it, but... <laughs> Pretty close, though. Oh, yeah. She's almost done. How many pages do you have left? Yeah, she only has 46 pages. Oh, my nice. word. Um, I I could read that fast. Oh, this beer, since we're, I guess, technically still in beer talk 10 minutes into the podcast. Um, the usual. It's like real red because it's got cherries in it. Mm. Um, but it's really, it smells really nice. So Lambic is basically just like another word for farmhouse or Saison. If okay. That's not, if that's not a beer word you've heard before. Um, with, but it just says Lambic inspired ale. Um so normally like and i don't fucking know i'm just talking out of my ass i think but i feel i feel like lambics are usually like this it's cherry like um and it's not barrel aged it would just be like its first fermentation um but this is like inspired to probably taste like that it sounds like even though it's barrel aged i don't know it's got a like farmhouse yeast in there or whatever yeast yeast Oh my gosh! Stop it! <gasps> this is—we are the worst people. Um, it's okay. fine. <laughs> and should uh, we talk. Should we talk about Star Wars or? Yeah. So before we talk about the book, speaking of us being the worst people, if you would like to see the worst people in person, or at least half of us, Chris and I, Chris and I are going. <laughs> um, we are hopefully releasing this episode on the Wednesday before Star Wars Celebration is due to start. And if you would like to find us, and for me to lovingly and gently throw very square very pointy very angular pins at your head (laughs) you can find us um among other places uh we will be at the podcast meetup on saturday at the arc bar at the hyatt regency at mccormick place and that's um starting at 7 30 p.m everyone is welcome podcasters are welcome listeners fans um you know what have you don't come if you're a dick we don't want you there if you're a dick other than that please stop by and uh, the other places we'll be at, I am sitting on the Star Wars What Matters panel on Sunday. Um, that's happening at 1 p.m. on the fan stage. And um, I will be joined by uh, space guests of Lousy Beautiful Town. Um, my semi-rose, Maya, uh, who is... Of Twitter. Of Twitter, yeah. No, she's just like an internet person. Um, John Robinson, who's the founder of Do You Even Comic Book, and we will be moderated by um, Suara Saleh. I don't know what podcast he does Also anymore. of Twitter. I know. I think, <laughs> I think he does a podcast on... Uh, oh, fuck. On Avatar or some, something now, and I don't... 
<laughs> I don't know. That sounds skull. right. Yeah, I'm sorry, Suara. I'm the worst. Uh, but yeah, we will well, be. You're off Twitter right now, so I am. it's fine. I am. Uh, but we will, in addition to uh, Pod Swag at the Rep Matters panel, we will have Rep Matters Swag. So please stop by. Again, please don't stop by if you're a dick, especially if you're a racist dick. Yep. We don't want you there. You don't need to be there. No, you really don't. And you, you definitely don't deserve free shit, so no, fuck right off. She's going to throw pins at you in a bad way, and then yep. someone else who deserves them is going to catch them off when they ricochet off your mean head. Correct. TM. <laughs> um, what wait. was TM'd there? Mean head. Okay, got it. You couldn't hear the caps in mean head? I mean, that's that's what I assumed, but I wanted wanted to make sure that nobody was going to steal her copyright. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm sure it's a trademark. You're a cool dad. Thanks. It's, it's, it's a copyright. It's a C. I'm here for yeah. my daughter's creative. Uh, I don't know. Wow. Some, something. Exploits. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Great. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I. I am really bummed that I'm not going to be at Star Wars Celebration, obviously. Um, Little bright light attached to that, though. Me and Miranda are moving that weekend. So we'll have a new little pod headquarters um, that's in an office where there's a door. Um, So that's really exciting for all of us. Yes. (laughs) Um, And to make it clear, you're moving within Portland, unlike us who are moving across the damn country. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, we we move in like two miles away. Um, <laughs> but so that's exciting. Um, but I'm obviously most bummed to miss the hashtag Star Wars Met- Rep Matters panel um, and missing meeting all of you guys. So please go do that in my stead and give Kate and Chris a hug because I don't ever get to do that Aww, very often. So and it's sad. sad. Um, but soon they will be living close to me and I will come bother them. It will be glorious. It will. It's true. We're also trying to get you to Rose City. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> oh yeah, that thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, this beer. Uh, it is very much like a sour, but like also the aftertaste. It kind of tastes like cookies. So huh. I think it's something to do with the yeast and the cherries and something. I'm like, mm, this kind of tastes like cookies. <laughs> that sounds great. That sounds so. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know that's that's supposed to be in the tasting notes, but it is delightful. I'm very into that. All right. Other things I'm into. Talking about Star Wars books. My segues are great. Stop fucking laughing, Chris. Uh, So the first thing I wanted to talk about um, is Chris continues to laugh at me like... Sitting here. Sitting here. Like a bum. Uh... So we, we we started this conversation last episode, and Chris Chris told us there was a definitive answer, and lo and behold, there is one about the Empire turning into the First Order, and is it really the Empire turning into the First Order, or the Empire, like, getting dead, and then the First Order kind of emerging then from the deadness as I bang my hand I was going to say, glass. that wasn't even my fault. I know it wasn't Chris. Whose fault was it? So we find out... <laughs> In the last quarter of the book, that there is, a, there, as, as Chris alluded to, because he has read this book previously. Oh, no, the answer is they fully intended to burn that shit down. Yeah, no, this this is, the answer is this is not the Empire anymore to them. I mean, one, one can argue whether or not to the outside observer is this a whole 
separation or not. And I think that is actually an interesting topic that people could debate that we're not going to debate today. But, or maybe we could, I don't know. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, this is very much uh, like this is cracking the board in half. Yes. Well, literally. This is cracking the galaxy in half. Well, he's literally trying to crack Jakku in half, is he not? Just... You know, he no, wanted to make sure nobody ch- wanted to go back to Jakku. Oh why God. the fuck is everybody trying to, like, fucking destroy planets like this? Like, can we chill for a minute? No. It's First, Star Wars. Anakin did it in that fucking mining situation. <laughs> and then they do it in the in the movie. It, uh, the <laughs> Star Wars? Help me. Oh, Star Wars. My- <laughs> Which episode? Oh, my God. God. I- <gasps> my brain is not working. Please forgive me. I'm not even going to tell you. I'm just going to let this happen. It's fine. Everybody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, my um, God. Why do we have to keep splitting planets apart? It's really annoying. You, Kristen, it's really you, not cool. Did you think it was called Star Peace? <laughs> it's called Star Peace. Yeah, but, like, the, what the fuck did the planets do? They're just, like... <laughs> it just seemed like a good idea at the time. I don't know. Fucking Christ. <laughs> it's cool to smash things and make them go boom. I mean, who can argue with that, though? To be fair, it's always men making planets explode. Like, Chris, I think you, you had mentioned this to me before, like, in a, kind of a, like an oblique manner, because I had not read this book before. All right, if you're squeaking right now, the fucking this fucking rickety-ass dining table they're going to fucking throw, like, straight off the balcony before we move is just... Yeah, and sorry, for clarity, which of us it's is doing okay. that? It's fine. Oh, that's the squeak I heard earlier. Yeah. Just for, for clarity, which of us is, is making that noise right now? Just just so our listeners know and can catch up. The table is. <laughs> Chris is doing it through ESP. Oh yes, God. correct. I have ESPN. <laughs> Thank God. Um, Jesus. You, as you had alluded to before, um, there's a question of whether Rax ever actually intended to win the Battle of Jakku or whether he kind of just wanted the re- the Imperial Remnant to get exploded. Yeah, and, and the answer is he did not intend to win the Battle of Jakku. Right. Which is interesting because, it, you know, watching how it goes, he probably could have won the Battle of Jakku. Mm-hmm. Like, they, yeah. you know, the Ravager is such a potent weapon and they knew the Republic was coming they and, were able to be in defensive formation. And everyone, like, as Rex was saying, his, his intention was to take the Imperial Remnant and, you know, until such a time as he could, uh, t- such a time that he could start the First Order to, like, basically sharpen and sharpen the stick into a pointy weapon. Like, every, like, those Imperials yeah. fucking held out at their, at their creepy base for a billion fucking years, even after the battle was over, because they were so, like rabid for the empire yeah but in doing so he also turned them crazy like sure the 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 beginning of the end for the ravager is when the i don't remember which star destroyer it is but one of the star destroyers goes rogue because the captain goes crazy and rams into one of the starhawks that ends up being incredibly successful but it also is the beginning of the end because it leaves the ravager open Mm -hmm. and like he did that like you know, he talked about, like, sharpening them and, like, hardening them. But the truth is, anybody who was worth a damn, he already got into the Unknown Regions. Like, they're all hanging out on the flagship Eclipse. All hanging out without you. Yeah. <laughs> and sure so, and, and so it's, like, it's definitely a battle he could have won if he had kept Sloane around. If, if Sloane had been in charge of the Ravager, there's a really good chance 
that the Empire could have won the Battle of Jakku if more competent commanders had been in charge of the various uh, Star Destroyers surrounding the Ravager. Fucking Star of the Empire, am I right? Yeah. Only more competent motherfuckers were in charge of other things instead of just having, like, Rax, Thrawn, Somebody somebody be good at something. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, imagine if if Thrawn had been... At the Battle of Jakku. Oh, shit. To get into, like, between, you know, legends and, you know, fanfic shit of, like, Thrawn actually taking charge of the Emperor of the Empire after the Emperor died. That would have been scary. That would have been sweet. Also, if any of our yeah. listeners know of AU fanfic where that happens, send it to I me. I guarantee you it exists. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sure it does. Um, well, and I just to, like, add to that, I mean, part of how we know this is true... Um, is because we have that whole section where Admiral, Admiral Akbar is like shitting his pants and he's like, mm-hmm. fuck, we have the upper hand, but like how many times did we not have the upper hand and still just like win? Yep. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Right. And he was, and as he was saying, the Empire's not using like clean by the book Imperial tactics anymore. Like they, they have literally gone bonkers and they're just doing whatever the fuck they want. Exactly. Yeah. And jumping ahead in the outline a little bit to kind of the history of sacrifice by suicide that we see with the fall of the Concord, but that was started by an Imperial commander going crazy and forgetting his training and regulation and just like suicide attacking one of the Starhawks. Mm-hmm. And so this is very clearly like, and Akbar says it himself, like the rebellion, they are not the rebellion anymore. They are not the ragtag bunch who can like, who, their odds are so long that they can just do anything and throw it, throw the kitchen sink and see what works. Like they need to have rules now because like these are resources that like can't be wasted. Mm-hmm. Whereas the rebellion, it was like, eh, we're all going to die one day. Valar Morghulis. <laughs> like all in or oh nothing God. because might as well. Right. <laughs> all Mon Cal must die. <laughs> oh um, my God. But we, we have been rewatching Game of Thrones in we preparation, have. but anyway. Yeah. For, for, for any of you who don't watch Game of Thrones, that was a Game of Thrones reference. Um, God. But yeah, so like it's interesting to see the tables turned there and which of these sides is in fact the more desperate. Right. And I mean, ugh, I think it's pretty obvious that the Empire is more def- desperate. Like we have, who's it's it's Rand on the Ravager, right? It is. It is Grand Moff Rand. Where he's just like, fuck. Like it, it very quickly turns from Akbar having a panic attack to Rand having a really big panic attack. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And did this come out before The Last Jedi? Yes. Yes, this came out okay. 2017? Yes. Early 2017? Yes. I see. Okay. Which Thank I guess is technically the year The Last Jedi came out, but but before. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was ex, it was a nice explanation for all of the uh damned sorcerers that raised looting in Force Awakens. Oh, so. fuck. Fuck yeah! Mm-hmm. Oh, that I guess that was one of my questions. Is was that just a super star destroyer in, um, the beginning of the movie? I can't remember the name of you right now. Again, literally Force Awakens. <laughs> What's wrong with me? The Force Awakens. Um, is she just in a super star destroyer? She's not in a dreadnought or anything, right? I don't when... think so. I think that's just a star. Obviously, I think it's a, just a star destroyer. A star destroyer. Yeah, I don't. I'm think not we... positive okay. about it. I don't really know what the fuck a super star destroyer would look like in relation to a regular star destroyer i don't think we've really seen on the ground you mean huh what do you mean 
No, I mean, no, I mean, size-wise. Oh, no, we know. It's an Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah. The Executor is a superstar destroyer. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. So I they're th- significantly bigger. Yeah, There's it, no question. That can't be the Ravager, then. That she's... It definitely, yeah. She, I don't think she's in the Ravager, if for no other reason, then this is, then Force Awakens is 30 years after Jakku, and that shit would have been stripped bare. Fair enough. Like, that, that would have been the first thing that all the scavengers went into. That's true. Definitely. And also, it's just, it's just not big enough. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for the information about a film that I apparently just don't look at or care about anymore. I'm I'm going to watch it like tonight <laughs> to atone for my sins. Yeah. I would love to know one day uh, what uh, Star Destroyer it is that we're seeing at the beginning of Force Awakens, but I doubt we ever will. That would be so fun. Just because it's it's so completely irrelevant, but I, but I want to but know. But I want to know. I exactly. know. Like, Oh, geez, Chris, you might remember this. Chris and I didn't know you don't you don't remember this because you don't know what anything is called. But rude. Okay, I'm gonna ask the question. A- accurate. And then you're just gonna be like, uh, the Sardisker that Sienna Ree is in charge of at the end of Lost Stars by Claudia Gray. Uh, it's the Inflictor. Right. And I only know that because I Wikipedia, uh, what happened to Grandma Rand today to see if we knew, and we do from the end of Lost Stars. What happened to him? Uh, he regrouped with Nash Windrider and that segment of the first order. Oh no! Fucking Christ! Oh no! So he he did he did escape successfully. Like we know we knew that he, you know, jettisoned off of the yeah. Ravager because because we we come find on. out in this book. But uh, he does yeah, in fact he, survive. He did pretty pretty early on. <laughs> he sure fucking did. Yeah. Just like an Imperial. Uh, oh God. Yeah. No. I th- I thought I remember that he was alive. Like. Definitely pretty super alive for all we know. As alive as people get in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't remember what the what the fuck happened to him. Oh, God. Yes, he is alive and part of the First Order as of the epilogue to Lost Stars. Okay. I Every time someone says the, na- the name Nash Windrider, I'm instantly just like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> Jesus. That, it's that, not great, that Bob. Guy. I but know. yes, the Inflictor. Okay, cool. I... That has nothing to do with anything besides the fact that it was involved in the Battle of Jakku and I couldn't remember what the fuck it, the name of the ship was. It was. I think it's probably fair to say that that was... Well, no, it probably wasn't one of the, like, ones immediately surrounding the Ravager. No, I highly But don't. it went down before the Ravager did, didn't it? Or did it go down after? I can't remember. The Inflictor? Yeah. Uh, oh, God, I wish I I don't think remember. we actually know because Lost Stars was written so far before the Battle of Jakku. It just was irrelevant. That and, to be fair, Sienna gets knocked out real hard. That's true. I'm... My headcanon is that she lasts toward the till toward the end of the Battle of Jakku because from her standpoint, the battle is going really shitty. That's true. Like she was like, it's almost like we were sabotaged, which like, you know, she's mm-hmm. one, she's honestly probably somebody that should have been brought over to the First Order had she had, you know, more of a relationship with Rax and not almost died. Or a kidney. Yeah, or exactly. <laughs> not almost died over Endor. Right. But, um... So she's probably like, she probably sees the Ravager being taken down by a fucking tractor beam as like, this is ridiculous. I mean, because it is ridiculous. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, exactly. Exactly the kind of, you know, from the Imperial standpoint, the exact kind of rebel bullshit that just exactly always destroys them. Exactly. So I'm going, my headcanon is that she lasted relatively late into the battle. Okay. Okay. Well, I think we have some evidence to point to that too. Yeah. Like you yeah. just said. Yeah. So. Headcanon slash my explanation. Mm-hmm. Headcanon slash probably true. I like it. <laughs> I like it. It's always fun figuring out canon 
for stories that were written when the author had no idea what additions were going to be added and then kind of like trying to come up with explanations it's fun i enjoy it honestly Um, it is fun it's part of it's part of what makes this fun oh absolutely uh just so okay just to wrap up this like first point about the empire turning into the first order for now if we have time to talk about (laughs) you know philosophically what that does and does not mean a little bit later in the episode maybe we can or maybe we'll talk about it on the wrap up but i just want to point out uh Something that you, Chris, and Kristen have uh, said many times is that Palpatine is playing chess while everyone is playing checkers. And no, this man is literally playing space chess while other people are playing goddamn tic-tac-toe. Like, other kids are playing fucking marbles out here. And he's just like, look at my elegant chess set. Yep. So I want to I want to point out, when we read the first Aftermath book, and, like, we're kind of learning just, like, that Palpatine had some sort of plan for the Empire. And... The Contingency. I think it was before we knew that it was called the Contingency, but just talking about Palpatine's plans. Sure. Like, I think, you know, probably, like, Tashu and, like, during the summit on Akiba. Um, Creepy motherfucker. Kristen yeah. said something to the extent about, I feel like Palpatine's just playing chess and people haven't figured it out yet. And at that point, I said... Kristen, I want you to remember that comment. <laughs> and here we are. I didn't. And here, I, I know. That's, <laughs> but you did. I, that's why I brought it up. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> You're so welcome. So you were exactly right. This was all, like, from the grave, Palpatine's manipulative powers remain undefeated. Well, defeated once. Defeated exactly once. Fucking Palpy. <laughs> He's so bitter, too. Like, this is so interesting. (laughs) Like, just transitioning into, like, Palpatine and his psyche. It's so interesting because, like, you know, you think about an empire and you think about something that's set up to, like, outlast you. Like, you think about, like, the Romans and, like, Caesar setting up, like, for Augustus and then for yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Um, Nice. Yeah. I mean, I... For Joaquin Phoenix? Yes. Setting it up for Joaquin Phoenix. (laughs) Um, Well, it's... We're going to bring that full circle. Um, oh, Jesus. Okay. Because, uh, just trust me, just tr- let it happen. Um, okay. But, so, that's clearly not what Palpatine's doing here. Like, Palpatine... No, he's like, it is mine, I'm going to live forever. Yeah, and like, you know, who knows, we don't know, I don't think in canon or even in Legends, if his goal was to actually uncover Pelagius's, like, live forever strategy, or if he is more just like, mm. I am so powerful that I will never die, full stop. I like feel it's probably Bova. It's probably both, yeah. Um, but like he has no inkling of this empire surviving without him, which is interesting too because it kind of shows how he is not really a traditional Sith in a way. Because I mean, the Sith are, you know, very rule of two, very you know, keep the line going. The original Sith Empire was like set up to last however many thousands of years. Rule of Sheev. The rule of Sheev. Um, but, like, even thinking about... Um, thinking about Endor and thinking about the battle above Endor. When, in the prologue of this book, he's talking to Rax and he's like, everything should be fine, but I can't see. So, like, we're going to keep you in place for the contingency. But, like, one would have to assume that in his mind, the most likely scenario is not Vader betraying him and turning good. It's Vader turning Luke before he can, and then both of them combining to kill him, mm-hmm. which is a very Sith thing to do. Like, that oh. is very rule of two, you know, 
when, when as soon as the apprentice is stronger, the master deserves to die. Um, you know, this is through love, just cannibalizing their yeah. own. And that, like, not to get too far into legends, but from my limited reading of legends, that that's like, that's like almost seen as okay. Like, it's like, okay, you got me. It's, it's your expected. turn now. Yeah, exactly. Like, it is, obviously nobody wants to die, but if you can kill me, then I deserve to die. And well, that's th- like why they have the rule of twos, right? Like, it's not surprising because that they fucking won't shut the fuck up about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. You're exactly right. And so Palpatine says, fuck that. Palpatine has no interest in an empire run by Vader and Darth Luke, whatever name he ends up taking. Darth Twink. Darth Twink. Darth Bottom. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yikes. All right. Um, <laughs> Vader has, no, or um, excuse me, the Emperor has no interest in that Empire surviving at all. Like, I feel like a more likely scenario in Palpatine's mind is Rax tearing apart the Empire, even when Darth Vader is still trying to claim that he is the Emperor. Like, just them kind of going at each other, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Like, Rax working in the background... And, like, still trying to lure everybody to wherever and blowing them all up. Mm-hmm. And then starting over. Mm-hmm. But, okay. So, then I have a question. Palpatine did not intend for the Empire to outlive him. Like, there was no Empire without him in his mind. Yes. And, it, and I mean, that makes complete sense for all the reasons you just said. And besides the fact that the empire is was nothing if not a cult of personality at the end of the day yeah exactly that's i mean that's the other thing right so he intended for rax to explode the empire should he ever die did he ever really did he ever really intend for the first order to happen then um i think he did i don't think he was anti starting new because Mm -hmm. you know well i don't know that's actually a really good question Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he created the observatory on Jakku to get through the Unknown Regions, but he fully anticipated being there for that exploration. Right. So that's actually a really good question if he, antis- if he like, wanted them to try in this galaxy again. Hmm. Or if he wanted, like, ev- it to literally just be like, and we all died. And then Rax kind of, like, picked up the pieces and is like... Because we know Rax, interestingly, for as loyal as he is to Palpatine, is also like this nutter butter over here. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. He with... doesn't believe in the Force. like, And he himself, super power hungry. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, like, I don't think that Rax certainly never intended to go down with the ship personally. Of course he didn't. He's from Jakku. He's, he's scrapping to survive out here. Yep. Hmm. So, that's, in, that's an interesting question, and I don't know that we know. Interesting. If... The First Order is Palpatine-sanctioned. I kind of feel like no. Certainly not in the form that we see it in the later on in um, Force Awakens and in the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think Palpatine would approve of someone like Snoke. And he would <laughs> no. wipe the floor with Ben Solo. <laughs> wipe the fucking floor. I know. Like, can, well, congratulations. We found a, found a sadder boy spelled with an I than Anakin. <laughs> Oh my fucking god. <laughs> yeah, if I can just weigh in here no. for a minute, please. Okay. It's my podcast, too. 
Oh, yeah, good. there you go, Kristen. Stand up for your podcast oh. skills. Yes. Um, I like did uh, as usual. I didn't think about this as hard as you guys did. Um, but because I was just kind of like, I want to see what. As always, I'm like, let's see what I get from what Chuck wrote, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I feel like Palpy left so many breadcrumbs. Um, I mean, there's a reason that's called the contingency. Sure. Like, what is it contingent upon? If the Empire falls, if Palpatine dies, if, if, if. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't really know what it's con- like. Why is it called the contingency? I think it's called the contingency for if any of those things happen um like this is what you're supposed to this is what you're supposed to do if things go not according to how we think they're gonna go yeah it's interesting that was kind of my take on it sure no that's a that's a that's a very fair take Mm -hmm. i mean i think i think those are kind of the two sides and we don't know right? right because we don't frankly we don't know enough about palpatine you know, hopefully right. we're going to get some more in Thrawn Treason coming out this summer because that is uh, very Palpatine focused as we know for as part of the little that we know so far. Um, but we don't know a lot about what Palpatine's motivations were because like, you know, I think we've seen both sides. Like it could be that he did intend for Vader to take on after him and for Vader to eventually take an apprentice and like was more of a traditional Sith than I see him as like it's that's entirely possible um but yeah like we don't know because like we also don't know how the sentinels were triggered when they started um operation cinder we don't know what the message like what exactly rax's instructions were we know that it was start the contingency but we don't know it was like exactly like you say Kristen. was it start the contingency if i die or start the contingency if the empire is going to lose like because like there's scenarios where Palpatine dies and Vader is still in charge and the Empire still lives. They're- and I love how I love how he took it as, well, I will start the contingency if you die and then I will make us lose. <laughs> right. How about this rogue third option? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if not Rex, then who else would think of that bullshit? <laughs> yep. I hate Rex so deeply. I, he's such a little He's shit. an extremely, like, there's... There's a select number of characters in Star Wars who are, like, impossible to like and are just purely hateable, and he's one of them. He, it's like him and Nash Windrider. Yo. And... Oh, I mean, I Nash think is Brendel Hux is... Bre- yeah, but he's pretty hateable. Okay. And then Brendel Hux, I would argue, is up there. I mean, he's not sympathetic at all. Yeah, so. exactly. Uh, okay. So, one of the things that I wanted to do is because... Is so we know a lot about the ba- we we know a, quite a bit about the battle of Jakku and parts of the contingency plan and you know how this was all working together but we know all this information from a whole lot of different sources right we know it from all of these books we know it from the battlefront video game um there's stuff in the comics I'm sure mm-hmm. Chris that you've read there is. so all right I I kind of wanted to the, see if we could kind of stitch together all the things that we know about what is going on here and then where are the holes and then you know what do we hope to see out of Thrawn treason then since it's really dealing with you know uh, obviously Thrawn is the one and it's mentioned in the book Thrawn is the one who helped Palpatine program the computer to thread that map through the unknown regions Mm -hmm. to get there safely so 
it's pretty obvious that we're going to be talking about that in the next Thrawn book. So I just kind of wanted to. Blue boy. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. I'm just very excited uh, for more Thrawn. I love it. Uh, so the Battle of Endor happens. Yes. Right? At some point after the Battle of Endor and Palpatine dies, the Sentinels get activated. And that, my understanding is that's fairly quickly because there's one on Admiral Versio's ship yep. by the time Iden gets off world. Yeah. Which is, damn, that's speedy. Also, where did this motherfucker come from? Jesus. I mean, my, this is purely speculation. There's just one in the closet on every, every fucking ship. <laughs> I would, I would guess it's either that or they're just like stationed at various observatories all throughout the galaxy and they have fast ships. Sure. I, I I think either one is valid. And I mean, it would not shock me if there's just one aboard, like as part of the com- standard command crew, in case the Empire needs to get in touch. Emperor ever needs to get in touch with you. Can you imagine being the cleaning crew and opening the broom closet and finding a shut off Sentinel in there? I'd poop my fucking pants. God, fuck. I know. I I'd be like this here. I am the cleaning crew, and now I have to clean up here. my own poop. <laughs> oh my god. That's why you wore the brown pants today. <laughs> so smart welcome back to poop pod um <laughs> all right so once the sentinels get triggered they they what they go to the people that palpatine trusted and so we're now poking people to put into plan operation cinder to what freak people out i guess and then rex is drawing together all these people in akiva and the Sequence of events in the aftermath trilogy begin, yeah? Yeah, I think those two are separate contingencies, if you will. Whereas, like, Operation Cinder is more like, let's just, like, start chaos so that, like, (laughs) people can't catch their bearings. Because we know that Vardos, which is an incredibly prosperous and Imperial-friendly world, was targeted. Mm -hmm. We know that Naboo was targeted. Yeah, that was a hot-ass mess. Like, so, like, we know that there was plenty of, like... I feel like that's that um, Rex it, didn't have anything necessarily to do with Operation Cinder, but... It almost seems like Operation Cinder was a last-ditch plan for the Empire specifically, whereas Rex is break it all and start it over. Oh, interesting. I wonder. You know, like, while Operation Cinder failed, I wonder if... I Obviously, we have no idea what the timeline is here, but I wonder if Operation Cinder failed and then Rex is brought in. Because... I wonder. Everything is fucked. Or I wonder if they had various trigger point, like trigger scenarios, where it was like, if just Palpatine dies, then Operation Cinder, that shit. If everybody dies, then that's the contingency. Mm-hmm. I wonder. Right. I mean, I mean that's it's the like, question Keek said. Like, yeah. Keek said. Exactly. Yeah. It's an interesting flowchart. Yeah, no, it's no, it's fascinating. I mean, this is why I kind of wanted to like talk about this, like coalesce all these things, because it's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay. So... We know the contingency is, in Rax's mind at least, is burn it all down, go to the Unknown Regions, start it up again, because Palpatine felt some kind of dark force out there, and he was just like, what if I eat it and become more powerful? Mm-hmm. And then I have, and then I, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like, just take it and become the ruler of every galaxy ever. <laughs> and. He's such a crazy mother. I know. And to help him do that, he had, the observatory in Jakku, which is plotting a map, and 
Correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but the only other observatory we've seen so far in Canaan, besides the one in Jakku, is the one in Pileo. Um, that is not correct. Oh. Um, there are there is at least one in the comics. I don't remember the name of the planet. Never mind. Um, there's one in the Shattered Empire miniseries. Do you remember what? Okay, you're not supposed to know that, Kate. Yeah, like that's 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 not anything you would know because you haven't read it. But I I think I think the two you mentioned are the two that you've seen. Okay. Okay. Which, which I mean, that sounds very patronizing. It is not meant to be. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know. That's just what I've fucking read so far. That's what you know. I know more, Kate. I'm going to throw you off the back of the man. <laughs> just going to clobber you over the head. And just, whoop. All right. Uh, so we know the observatory in Jakku was to plot the course of the Unknown Regions. The one on Pileo was kind of a storehouse for Sith artifacts, it seemed like. It sounds like they they all had Sith artifacts. <laughs> yes. It, yes. But the one on Paleo is literally just like it was pure. I don't know. It's a warehouse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, that yes, I think that's fair to like, say that 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 its primary function was to be a storehouse. Okay. And the one on whatever the goddamn hell planet is in the comics. Do you remember what that one was for? I do. It stored the Force trees. Oh shit! What? The trees that they took from the Jedi Temple. Oh there were saplings. shit! Really? Yeah. That's crazy. And Luke took one, undetermined what he did with it, and then he gave one to Shara Bay. And that's why Poe's like this. What? <laughs> they planted the forest tree in Poe's backyard. Like, as he was growing up. <laughs> no wonder he's just like, I'm the golden child, look at me with my forest tree, even though I'm not even force sensitive. It's funny because it's actually mentioned in um, the Poe Dameron comics in the last arc. What? Where, like, where, like they're talking something about the force and Poe's like, I don't have it. Like, I know I don't have it. Well, there was a tree. It's kind of complicated. Whatever. I mean, it's it's fine. Like, I know you're like shitting on Poe. I love Poe as a character, but this I is love fucking. Poe. No, 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 no. I know. I'm just making it clear on this podcast because there's. I don't want to fucking bring back the fucking Poe versus Aldo debate. So oh, I'm just Jesus. saying it right now. <laughs> we fucking love Poe, but that is fucking hysterical. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Hashtag there was a tree. There was a tree. All right. Is that probably everything we know then about the observatories and the contingency? I want to say yes. Okay. I want to say yes. All right. Just... Correct me if I'm wrong, other people. Um, but I don't believe we know more about specifically the observatories other than that they exist. And they're for different purposes. Yes. Okay. There are lots of them, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. I would love yeah, to see more. It does seem like there's lots of them. I'd love to see all the rest of them. That's super, super fucking cool. Uh, okay. So extrapolating from that. What do you want? What do y'all want to see out of treason? I want to see what blue Palpatine boy. senses in unknown regions. Yeah. Also, yes, blue boy. Yeah. Blue boy. Always. Yes. Sorry. Always blue boy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, I want to see a lot of things out of treason, but just like uh, in terms of this, I, I, I just. I mean, I just want to get more about Palpatine. Like, we don't have really anything about Palpatine. Like, he has yeah. a couple chapters in Tarkin from his point of view. He, obviously, he's in Lords of the Sith, but we don't get a ton about his motivations. Lords of the Sith is more about his invaders' relationship. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think, and I'm sure that's by storytelling design on the part of the story group, but I want more. Honestly, like, people are always complaining that we don't know a whole lot about Snoke. We know hardly more about Palpatine than we know about Snoke. We didn't even know Palpatine's fucking name in Return of the Jedi. That's like, honestly, all right, sidebar. All right, here we go. That is one of my most, like, one of the critiques of Last Jedi that I find most annoying. Like, Palpatine 
is on screen, I would say, for even less than Snoke mm-hmm. in the entire original trilogy. I think that's true. Like, we know even less about him. We have no idea that he is anything except the Emperor. Like, whereas Snoke, we know he is the Supreme Leader. Like, that's it. That's all we... That's all... Sorry. Bad faith arguments. (laughs) No, it's true. Like, there's a difference between wanting something and saying something is, like, bad storytelling or worse than usual for Star Wars. Right. I mean, I would... Yeah, that's fucking rude, first of all. Right? People can suck it. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I I wonder if, like, Snoke is just kind of, like, Palpatine in terms of him being an adherent of the dark side and he was just, like, in the unknown region somewhere just, like, worshipping at the source of the dark side. Yeah, I don't know. I think we'll I think we'll find out I eventually. Think, yeah, like I think we'll find out eventually who Snoke I, was. I think so too. I'm just like people are always just like, what if he's this? What if he's that? And I'm like, what if he's like Ray and he's not actually that cool? Yeah, Snoke is Ray Sloan. Yes. Oh, absolutely. My fucking um, god. But no. So to get back to the question you asked, Kate, like I just want to know more about Palpatine because we don't know anything, and like mm-hmm. I don't need an origin story. Like mm-hmm. I don't need a why is Palpatine like this because I kind of like Palpatine just being evil. Like, to come back around to your Joaquin Phoenix comment, as I said we would. Oh, my God. Uh, so this week, uh, if people are into movies and or comic books, the first trailer for the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie I came out. I haven't watched that trailer. And it, it actually, it looks really good. Like, it looks like it is going to be a very quality movie. And Joaquin Phoenix, I think, is one of the great, like, kind of underrated actors of our time. Mm-hmm. Because he just hasn't taken his high-profile roles. He's He's unbelievable. And, like, I think he is going to, like, absolutely make that role his own in a way that is incredibly difficult, particularly given Heath Ledger. Make um, peace. That said, my initial reaction to seeing that trailer and the initial reaction I've heard from some other people who are into Batman is, why does Joker need to have motivation? Like, I feel like part of one what made Joker so terrifying in The Dark Knight, the Christopher Nolan movie, is his, like, the, the explanation of him by Alfred, some men just want to watch the world burn. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, he doesn't have motivation, he's just evil, and that's what makes him so terrifying, because everybody else has this backstory and motivation or whatever. And, like, we're kind of losing that in the Joker movie, which looks, at least, you know, from the one two-minute trailer that we've seen, it looks like it's kind of your standard... He was a loser, and then he was bullied, and now he's evil. Um, So, like, I don't need that from Palpatine. I like the concept of Palpatine as just the big bad who is evil. Um, But I want to know more about how he is evil. (laughs) In what what myriad ways is he an evil? How does he evil? (laughs) Sure. Uh, I like that. All right. Told you I'd bring it back full circle. So, so, so you did, motherfucker. So you did. Kate, what do you want to see from Treason? All the things. I want weird force shit. As I, usual. I think we're probably going to get some weird force shit. I just want, I, I can't even, I honestly, like, the, the best, the best weird force shit that I have, you know, absorbed from the Star Wars canon as is right now is shit that. I could not even imagine in my wildest dreams. Like, we were at uh, Legends of Luke Skywalker a million, billion years ago. But uh, the reason why I love that book so much is because the the, the weird force shit was just, like, powerful weird, you know? It was, mm-hmm. like, stuff I couldn't even imagine. So, like, I don't even, I don't even know what it 
I want it to look like because I, you know, I, tr- I trust Star Wars as an entity at this point to give me cool stuff. I just want the weird for shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be weird if there wasn't weird for shit. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like supposed to be all unknown region and, you know, every time we go out there, it's fucking weird shit. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we don't know anything about Palpatine really in canon other than that he is far and away more powerful than anyone else yes like and we we talked about this when we read alliances about how like he felt a fucking like tiny ass twinge in the force from all the way across the galaxy on batu um like it was on batu he was on coruscant um and so like we know that he is every bit as powerful as people think he is but we don't know in what ways that power manifests itself. And I look forward to seeing that. Besides being wrinkly. Besides being wrinkly and having a weird Macbeth witch's cauldron in his basement. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Is Tashu the only one who understands how powerful he is? <laughs> I don't think Tashu's the only one, but I think Tashu is... I think Tashu, to his credit, was very close to Palpatine in terms of proximity, I, I think he vastly overestimated his importance as he people are to wont him. to do. I know. He stood in a room with him once. No, no literally. Like, I think I think he was like, yeah, yeah like I said, I, I stand by what I said. I know, I think, sorry. I think he knew more than other people knew by nature of witnessing it, not because Palpatine cared about him. Oh, Palpatine did not give a shit about him. Mm-mm. No, no, no. LOL Masameta. Oh LMAO Masameta. God. The saddest blue boy. Yeah, he's like really the only blue boy that I don't care for. Damn. I Savage. Don't care for this blue boy. Well, um, he's the, he is garbage. Yes. Yes, he is. He brings down the name of all blue boys. Damn. All right, moving on to the next fucking topic. La la la. Turning to the rebel side of Battle of Jakku for a hot second, I was so sad. I I was so sad when 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 the Concord got dead. What a brilliant fucking plan, though, to tractor beam the Ravager. I love how they were like, "Yeah, we made the tractor beam really strong." <laughs> I know <laughs> for reasons. <laughs> fucking magnets, how do they work? I know, right? <laughs> I did enjoy that. Yes, uh, I put some. I put some. Uh, links to some YouTube videos in our our show notes, but if you uh, just go on YouTube and look up uh, some of the Battlefront, some gameplay footage from the Battlefront video games, you can see some uh, really cool renders of Star Destroyers falling from the sky. None of them are actually the Ravager, but you can see animated in a, in a pretty cool way uh, the huge cloud of sand that, of course, the Star Destroyer kicks up on impact that Temin got caught in. And it's it's fucking wild to look at. So I, I actually think they, they did a great job of that. So Would you say that it gets everywhere? Everything about that video game is beautiful. And they do such a good job. It's a, it's a beautiful video with game, that. no question. So yeah, go, totally. uh, even if you're not a game person, just go look at them on yeah. YouTube. Kate is totally right. I'm yeah, really not a video game person. I am a little bit, but... I still played through it, and I was like, oh, it's so pretty. <laughs> I know. No, it, it, they did a wonderful job with it. Um, but returning to um, the topic that Chris pulled out earlier, 
um, because he was jumping around in the outline. Uh, you know, poor Kirsten. Kir- for uh, what? What's her last name again? Uh oh, we never. We should ask Tom. Wait, Kristen, you listened to the audiobook of this, right? What? Did you listen to the audio? <laughs> Did you listen to the audiobook I of Empire Zen? Some of the audiobook. I had. Do you the know audiobook. how the agate or agate or agate? Do we know how that's pronounced? Oh no, I can look it up though, and we can. Because we, we had that whole discussion. Right <laughs> we had that whole discussion last uh, when we were reading Life Debt. Oh yeah. About how is it pronounced? Where and does I that, where does that happen? I'll like write a write a note to myself, and we could talk about it on the wrap. Uh, it's I, all I know is it's in the last quarter of the book. Uh, That's fine. That's enough. All right. It's it's a whatever the hell long ass chapter it is where the Concord is falling in Akbar's pooping himself. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Um. I did not listen to this part of it. I actually read it. So. <laughs> hey. Here I am, <laughs> being complicated. Um, but I just wanted to talk about a little bit about the rebellion's, uh, history of, you know, sacrifice and battle via just kind of suicide runs, which is one of the things she does here. I mean, the Concord is going to fucking go down anyway. So she's just like, well, guess I'll die, but also I will make all you, all you evil motherfuckers die with me. Cause ha ha, I have magnets. Um, we've seen this. Several times before, we see it in Rogue One with the with the Hammerheads Corvettes, and yep. we see it in Rebels uh, during the evacuation of Adalon, where yep. Commander Sato yep. decides to merp merp. How do you feel like their sacrifice kind of differs from, um, you know, Imperials who, for example, like Tie Fighter pilots who they know their ships are kind of like pieces of crap because they took everything out to make them really fucking maneuverable and it's just like all glory to the empire i'm probably gonna die today yeah i don't know it's tough because like i feel like part of it is a mindset issue right where like the rebellion's history of doing these things is because it it, it is at the end of all need you know like it is because this is the last resort it is not a strategic decision it is, we're all dying. Let me, as I die, help prevent a few more deaths. Mm-hmm. Or Haldo, duh. That's a big one. Oh, I, that. I, I assumed that was left out intentionally. Oh, why? <laughs> I don't know. Just because just because it's there. But yes, the Haldo maneuver. We love Haldo in this house. In this house, we love and respect Admiral Amelin Haldo. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's interesting because, because then on the other side, you do have the crazy... Star Destroyer captain who rams the Amity? Amity or the Unity? Which one does he kill? I want to say it was the Amity. I think that's Yeah, right. I think it's the Amity because, sorry, I'm just remembering, there are Easter eggs. Go back to our bonus episode on Battlefront, um, but there are Easter eggs in there about, because I think it's the... Oh, yeah. Starhawk Unity. Yeah, it's that's the one that's calling for help. Yes. They're not dead yet. <laughs> you're... The Amity is super dead. Not dead yet. Thank you. Yes, you're absolutely correct about that. Yeah, okay. Um... <laughs> um so like it's not like it's unique to the rebels but it is like unique to this mindset of right i'm asking what the difference is you know yeah um because i feel like i feel like on the empire side and i think i think this is a fair comparison to make you know you think about um japanese pilots in world war ii Mm -hmm. the kamikaze pilots who you know their strategy 
was to crash their planes into ships and stuff like that. I like, mean, you think about suicide bombers as well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, we are... Obviously, they are all doing this for, like, a higher ideal, but, like, the... is exactly as you say. It's the mindset, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, this is... I don't know. This is this is fun <laughs> or something. I don't I don't know. Like this is a I don't know. It's a first line it's a it's a first line sort of plan of attack as opposed to yeah. anything else. Kristen, do you have thoughts on that? Not really. I just it's yeah, it's uh it's fucking crazy. Um I get like when your ship is in dire trouble anyway. And you're like, I'm going to take as many of these motherfuckers down with me as I can. Um, I think that actually, like, makes a lot of sense. And we actually, I mean, we see that a lot in Star Wars, at least, like, captains not abandoning ship, right? That we mm-hmm. see, like, a ton. Not necessarily, like, I'm also going to fuck a bunch of shit up on my way down. Um, but in the Clone Wars, especially in the cartoons, we see, like, a million jillion people yeah dive sure. with their ship mm-hmm. um so i don't think that's like a surprising thing um but i do think like there's something about being in the rebellion and about being on that side that's like if i'm gonna like the cost of a life if i'm going to go down i'm gonna try to do as much good as i can that's a fabulous way to put yeah it. i want to i want to wholeheartedly second that and say that i think it's Part of it's a point of view thing because, you know, we are good people. And so on some like level, we are pro rebels. Oh, okay. Let's, let's, let's hold it on. We'll, we'll pump the brakes. We'll on pump the brakes on that. Quote, unquote, but, good people. But. Are you talking about us, Chris? Because we're not. Yes. The three of us. Oh, yeah. we're not. Well, no, well, well that, what? but also like people get. Uh, people... We're not space Nazis. Can I, can I put the line there? Can I, are we comfortable with that bar? Yes. But also like, I mean. Well, we get into this weird territory of, like, how brainwashed are people, et cetera. Yes. But, anyway. but, but my point was, yes. I think, <laughs> from the perspective of people who are on some level wanting the quote-unquote good side to win, Kristen, I think you're exactly right that it comes down to a fundamental respect for life. And, like, the rebels are like, this is the absolute last resort. Whereas, Kate, the scenario that you say of, like, anytime you get into a TIE fighter, you're probably going to die. That's kind of just, like, Roman, like, we who are about to die salute you type deal. You know For what real. I mean? Yeah. I mean, we just... I, as I said, Chris Chris and I were watching Game of Thrones, and we just watched the Battle of the Bastards where uh, the, the the opposing army, like, the commander's just like, these people are expendable. Let's just fucking, yeah. fucking go hard. <laughs> and who cares who dies and yeah. how many. Yeah. And then... That said, I think there's very much a certain amount of, from a certain point of view, to that aspect in presuming this value of life that the rebels have. Because from the Imperial standpoint, they're terrorists and they don't have value for life. That's why they're doing these things, because they're murdering people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all with a grain of salt. It's all from point of view. But right. Kristen, I think you're exactly right. But also, I mean, yeah, like for, from the Imperial side, it's definitely like, if I'm going to die, why not for the Emperor, etc. Yeah, exactly. But anyway... It was just an interesting question I had. No, thank you for the question. It was enlightening. Yay. Can I talk about Sloane, how she's a bad bitch? God, she's such a bad bitch. I know. <laughs> I mean, she's been through some bad shit. She should be a sad bitch. Oh my God. Who would have thought it turned her to a savage? Chris, why are you like this? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
That's it. I'm, I'm done. I'm quitting the pot. I'm, I'm going out on a high note. You guys can handle this episode without me, right? Most episodes. That's not true. You actually have a lot of good background knowledge. I'm literally looking at the dinner table for something pointy. <laughs> no. Ooh, I know. How'd that go for you? I mean, you didn't hit my head, so. I threw a pin at him. Like one of the pod pins. I don't know where it went. Oh, good. How'd that go for you? Was it pointy? Uh, well, it didn't hit my head, so it hit my shirt, so it could have been worse. But was it pointy? Uh, it, they are pointy, yes. Okay, great. Can't cool. confirm. Uh, anyway. <laughs> thank you thank you for being my guinea pig, you motherfucker. <laughs> um, so, uh, There's like two listeners who are like, I don't understand why they're so mad at Chris for saying that. <laughs> are there? There's yes, there are exactly two. I guarantee you, among our listener base, there are exactly two people who do not understand that reference. Oh my god! If you if you didn't get that reference, send me a Captain America gif. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, Sloan's a fucking badass. Oh my god, the. Speaking of being, like, a scrappy surviving motherfucker, I just love how she killed Rax like the fucking rat he, he was slash is. Also, why is there no Bacta on any of this? Any Dude! of these bi- I was like, she's in so much pain right now. I know! She, yeah. like, liquefied her ribs on, like, one side. <laughs> yes! Also, and somehow she's still alive. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag plot hole, there is definitely a Bacta tank somewhere on Palpatine's yacht. Oh, fuck right? yeah, there has to be. Or, Hashtag like, something... Hole. I know. How does the back to fall in space? Oh my god, I hate you. Huck's probably just like broke it. <laughs> yeah, on purpose. Like, I'm so sorry. I was playing near it. I'm sorry. <laughs> now it's I just broken. had. A, Brent, Brendel's just like I just had like a weird feeling that this was gonna be very bad, and so I smashed it <laughs> with my with my with my soft hands. Yikes. Uh I'm glad that was not just me who was like, why is there no Magda? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I was definitely thinking, I was like, literally, you have been to, I understand why there's no Bacta on Jakku, but you have been to, like, various fucking places, like the observatory, like, all these ships and shit like that. Like, do you have, like, I don't know, there have to be, like, Bacta Band-Aids or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, I would think that well, there's probably. Well, because isn't that, like, a thing? Isn't, aren't they, like, here's, like, a localized Bacta? I thought so, too. I think so. Okay. But maybe I, that's just for, like, uh, superficial wounds, though, and not, like, internal bleeding. I, that could be true. I don't know. I'm glad you said that, because I was like, I thought I remembered there being, like, Bacta patches existing, but I couldn't remember if that was a fanfic thing or a real thing. I think it's a real thing. Okay, no, I think cool. it's totally a real thing. Okay, cool. Uh, what do we think of her temporary alliance with, the, with Nora? I don't know. That shit is cray, and um, Nora is so angry all the time at everyone and everything, and it's upsetting. It's it's true. We're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about that probably next episode. Um, I do enjoy like the grudging respect that they have for each other, like having like gotten to a fist fight at the end of Life Debt, and now, you know, they just they're literally out here to, for murder. It was just fast. It was it was it was fascinating. Uh, fascinating to me too was the fact that Sloane was just like, "Well, I don't want to die here. Do I go with the First Order? Do I hop on the Imperialis? Do I go to the New Republic and offer whatever the fuck so I can survive?" Like, 
it was it was interesting that 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 second bit was interesting for me as a person who is as for Sloan being a person who is really an imperial like true believer yeah I think we'll talk more about Nora next episode but I think it made I think that plot line made a lot more sense for Sloan than it did for Nora Okay. Um, because as you said, exactly as you said, she is an Imperial true believer. She doesn't actually have anything left. Like, yeah, other people have things left. She doesn't have, we know she doesn't have a family. Right. Her entire life was the empire that's destroyed. Even what's left of it has become horrifying and unrecognizable to her. Like she can kid herself about getting a new job in the new Republic. That ain't happening. Mm-hmm. Like particularly after liberation day, that ain't happening. Yeah, that is some life imprisonment happening for you. Best case scenario. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Mon Mothma thinks it's called Star Peace, so. It is. Well, <laughs> maybe Mon Mothma will give her some fruit. <laughs> that fucking shady Sinjir fruit part was so good. It, it was It was impeccable. It was good. Sinjir has probably, probably possibly the best character arc in the entire series. But I did appreciate Sinjir throwing a smashed fruit. At Wartal, and and Wartal just being like, that was a fruit. <laughs> and Sinjir being like, yeah, but it distracted you. Yes, but it was a danger fruit. <laughs> exactly. God damn it. Uh, you were making a point, Chris, about... Oh, about how... Oh, so I think from that standpoint, it kind of does make sense that Sloane is just like, I have nothing left if te- except to kill this motherfucker. Yeah. And she sure did kill that motherfucker. She did. I really love, I, re- I really love that bit where she was just like, you know, people say that revenge isn't really worth it and you don't feel, you don't feel better afterward. It's just a thing that happens. She's like, oh no, I feel really good popping this guy's kneecap. And I was just like, fuck yes. I did enjoy that. Yeah. It was so fucking good. I mean, here's, here's, here's my, here's my quote about Sloan. I want more Sloan. You know, like fucking Jesus. So things that are like bugging me right now uh, related to that is that uh, just skipping down, like just a smidgen in the outline. Um, So we get motherfucking baby Hux, Armitage Hux. The worst little shit. Uh, So listen, Hux was fucking raised by to be a motherfucker, like a, a murderous motherfucker by a badass black queer lady and where the fuck is that story man like i know that episode nine has yet to happen and blah 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 and they can't talk that much about the first order but come on man i need the story so fucking bad i had a dream about episode nine last night how'd that go for you um it was weird (laughs) yeah i don't know everybody the (laughs) the plot twist was that um everybody had the force and it was how evil got let in it was a whole thing that'd be cool i like that <laughs> Lucas what? Cole, if you're listening <laughs> i think that's sweet <laughs> honestly sounds better than george lucas's like his recent interview where he like decided yet again what the sequel trilogy was going to be and it was some like weird metaphysical bullshit was that midichlorians ate us all yeah Okay. It, it was like, it was like, it was like a, a close up view of a single metachlorine or some bullshit. I don't know. It was, it was very art house. It, it was very George Lucas. Mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cell. Oh, 
My God. They sure are, Kristen. I proud of you. Just getting eat myself. <laughs> um, you suck. Yeah. I also want more Ray Sloan. Um, please. And also Hux's dad. I love how everybody says to Hux, um, it doesn't really seem like your dad likes you. Oh my god. <laughs> What's it's that about? Such a mess. <laughs> Your dad hates you. (laughs) Hey, like, at least it's out in the open. (laughs) I guess so. Jesus Christ. I like the, I like the grudging, like, uh, uh, ceasefire that Sloan and Baby Hucks come to where it's just like, all right, you don't sick the kids on me and I'll make sure your dad doesn't beat the shit out of you and I will teach you how to be a conniving motherfucker so you can live. That's what happens. It is what happens. It was a good deal. Oh, it's a sweet ass deal. For both of them. Really mutually beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, 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 I really need to know more about Sloan and Baby Hux and Dad Hux and the, the Dad Hux and how, <laughs> and how, like, the First Order comes out with all of that because, like, Sloan, well, we know that Brendel gets fucking liquefied because of Phasma. He gets super dead. But we don't hear anything about Sloan with the, with the history of the First Order. Like, it's just Snoke. And my two grumpy husbands. The best. Yeah. yeah. I think the only thing we hear about Sloane is that Armitage mentions her in passing in Phasma of mm-hmm. something about, like, Sloane wouldn't approve, but Sloane isn't here. And it was unclear if that meant Sloane is dead or Sloane is incapacitated or Sloane is on the other side of the Unknown Regions. Unclear what that meant. Or Sloane is not even in this room right now or, like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Or Lucasfilm told us we weren't allowed to talk about Sloan in more than vagaries. Right? Or Lucasfilm doesn't care about, Lucasfilm doesn't care about Sloan because she's a black lady. Uh, <laughs> uh, God. Speaking of my grumpy husbands, can we talk about Ben Solo for a hot second? Because. So, Chris, a while ago I was telling you that there's like this. Oh, I don't know. It was probably some 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 people having to do with goddamn Ben Demption and like all this other crapola um on tumblr but people like so we've got bits in this book where leia's like she feels this darkness either in ben or pulling at him like in utero and people are like snoke was already influencing him chris please describe your take on this quote-unquote theory my take is people are dumb can you please expound do i have to yeah (sighs) people are really dumb yes There is is light and darkness in anyone. That is how humanity works. That is presumably how the force works. To say that somebody not being entirely 100% good from before they are aware of themselves and saying that's a moral failure on their part or some sort of corruption. No, 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 Chris. It's that it wasn't his fault. (laughs) Chris's face right now. He's just like... What if I just, like, spontaneously combusted on the spot and died right now? <laughs> Chris I is going to have no words. Off the pod. I have no words. <laughs> Chris is, Chris That's a bad take and you should feel bad. Idiots on the internet who are wrong. It's a bad take and you should feel bad. That, that is, is that a better or worse take than Ben was abused by his parents? Oh my god. Is That's the question. I don't know. They're both terrible takes. They're but both very, very bad, bad takes, and you should feel bad about yourself. Very bad. But, however, speaking of Ben's parents and bad takes, I didn't love Han as a dad at the end of this book, personally. I don't know how y'all felt about that. Just because I, he was, like, really dumb about how babies work, and I was, just, like, literally known as this dumb about how babies work. 
I don't know. Sinjir is about is that dumb about how babies work. No, I, he just hates them. I could absolutely see Han being that dumb about how babies work. All right, fair enough. Me too. I could absolutely see Han anytime there was a child in the room for the past fifteen years eating the fuck out of that situation. But like he like we saw we saw fucking Solo. He was living with like small pickpockety children. Yeah, they weren't. Yeah, infants. but those aren't babies. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> babies don't. They can't tell you what they need. It's true. That's why they're so difficult when it's they're babies. Why I don't want any. Oh. Yeah, that and and honestly, this I wonder if this is like a gender difference because to me, I saw Han very much as like stereotypical dude. Okay. Like just not understanding how parenting works. Do I? Do I hold it like I'm making hand motions right now, which is really helpful for podcasts. But like. <laughs> Kind of like holding it by its armpits at arm's length. Like, do I hold it like this? Like far like, away from you? Like, yeah. what, like what is what it? Does, what, what do? Um, so I no, I like, kind of saw that as just like the Star Wars like version of like the archetypal man who doesn't know how to parent. Okay. I'm glad you're here to give me this perspective because I don't know. Like, I don't like, I didn't, I'm an only child in case literally everyone couldn't tell. <laughs> uh, but I really don't know. How babies work and i still would probably know how baby works better than han but also this is like chris this is like how you and i have different feelings about harry and Ginny from harry potter where i'm just like this came out of nowhere and i don't understand and i hate the ship and chris is like no this makes perfect sense to me that one day he would wake up and be like oh she's got boobs yeah no <laughs> the, the, no waking up one day and discovering that you have a crush on your friend's hot sister no that's absolutely a thing that's so fucking weird boys are weird boys are bad <laughs> all right we're gonna we're gonna end yeah, this we episode. Need to end. This episode this, is long, we're, and we're you know done. How I get. I have. I probably have hives. I probably don't, but I might from the trees. I was gonna say, didn't you have hives last week? Uh, sure did. <laughs> Great. Cool. Let's end there. <laughs> Thank you for reading along uh, with us for Aftermath Empire's End. We're gonna be wrapping up next week, and then the next book we're reading after that, which will be after Star Wars Celebration, so you have some time. What? We're gonna be going uh, and reading Battlefront Twilight Company by Alexander Freed. Um, we're very excited about this one. He is the author of the forthcoming Alphabet Squadron, so it is a good time to get reacquainted with his writing. Can you stop beating your chair while you talk? Am I? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. You're, ta- you're like punctuating by like slapping your oh. chair. Hand motions. Mm. Talking with hands. Great. Audio medium. Mm-hmm. Audio, yep. That's why I thought it would be fine. Anyway, in the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at BookWarsPod. Email us at bookwarspod at gmail.com and find us in person at Star Wars Celebration. As Kate said, we are going to be at the podcast meetup on Saturday evening at the Arc Bar uh, at the Hyatt. Uh, Kate is going to be on the hashtag Star Wars Rep Matters panel on Sunday. Uh, I am going to be wandering around at various points. So just like find, I don't know, hit us up on Twitter and I'll like, I'll, I'll be live tweeting and tell you where I'm going to be. Uh, so come find us there. Also find him before he runs out of cookies. He's bringing cookies. I am. So yeah, find me quickly. <laughs> um, Southern Cynic's going to take them all. Um, also <laughs> a few them. weeks yeah. after Star Wars celebration, we are very excited to say for those of you in the Washington DC area, we are going to be making our, uh, dare I say triumph triumphant return to awesome con in Washington DC, uh, doing another panel. Uh, basically on what we talk about here on Star Wars and all its multimedia glory and how it plays into each itself. We plan on having a lot to talk about post uh, Star Wars celebration. 
We are still finalizing the roster of our panel, so we don't want to make any announcements there, but we're hoping for some really fun and exciting guests. So if you are in the Washington, D.C. area, we hope that we'll see you there as well. That is the last weekend in April. In the meantime, uh, rate, review, and subscribe to us and the Tachi Station Radio Mega Feed. When you leave us a review, you are automatically entered to win cool prizes, uh, just like somebody did just last week. Jake Jensen, 016 on Twitter. What up, bro? Way to go. Hi, thank you for reviewing us. Thanks for listening to this dumpster fire. And if you are so inclined and have the means, uh, donate to the Tashi Station Radio Patreon and give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookwarspod. Really helps us cover our hosting and production costs and helps us continue to deliver this mediocre content to you. <laughs> Our theme song is Whiz Bang by Pottington Bear. You are mediocre content. Our logo and artwork are by Joe B. Tara Design. God help me. For (laughs) Kristen and always loving Kate, I'm Chris. Thank you for listening to the Book Wars pod. We will talk to you at Star Wars Celebration this weekend. Can't wait. We're married, guys. Yeah, we sure are. Baby hugs, 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 hugs. Oh, can you not? Oh my God, I'm editing this out. You're a piece of garbage and I hate you. Do, 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 baby hugs. Baby. Chris! <laughs> <laughs>